Hi, my name is Pete Redden, and welcome to The Way I Taught It, Next Level Aviation Knowledge and Microbursts. Welcome to another edition of The Way I Taught It, brought to you by our new sponsor, Flight School Association of North America. Founded in 2009, the Flight School Association of North America, also known as FSANA, is a dynamic trade association that serves flight training providers, the entire aerospace industry, creates meaningful programs, and works to increase the pilot population. You can find them on Facebook or at www.fsana.com. That's Foxtrot Sierra Alpha November Alpha.com. On with today's lesson, circling. You are currently en route to your destination and it's IMC. You have three passengers aboard and the ADA says the ceilings are 700 overcast and two statue miles visibility. Notams identify that the only runway with a straightened approach is closed due to an aircraft with a blown tire. You check the instrument approach procedure for category alpha circling minimums and notice 801 is required. You review your approach, program up the GPS flight plan and frequencies, and you're ready for the approach. But are you really? Do you know all your options for the circling approach? Have you reviewed all the notes for this approach? What's the black square with the white C in it? Have you thought through your ground track that you will be taking to accomplish the circle to the landing runway? Are you planning to fly all the way down to the MDA or stop prior to the MDA? Are you remembering your CFII telling you how dangerous a circle is and to avoid it at all costs? Or are you recalling the techniques they taught you for this visual maneuver to offset far enough from the runway and within the maximum circling radius and avoid a tight Hayaka maneuver to final. First, let's define what circling is and is not. Circling is a visual maneuver that is a stabilized aerodynamic event. Yes, you can be stabilized and not on final approach. You can be stabilized in a circling maneuver even though you're in a turn. You can be stabilized in a circling maneuver even though you're maybe in a descending turn. Now, for a stabilized final approach, absolutely, you have to be wings level. But you want to make sure that you are in a stabilized aerodynamic situation when you are circling. And that takes a bit of planning. So the first thing I would say to you is don't ever circle at the last moment. Don't ever fly an instrument approach that you have not sat down and pre-planned a circling maneuver prior to takeoff and looked at the sectional chart for terrain and looked at the approach chart for obstacles and have actually come down and said, okay, if I need to circle at this airport, this is how I'm going to do it. And how, what speeds are you going to use? What pitch attitudes are you going to use? What power settings are you going to use? What configuration are you going to use? And most importantly, what airspeed are you going to use during the circling portion of the maneuver prior to getting to final approach? So circling category and how it's determined. So we all know that there's circling categories, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, and Echo. Most of the time you don't see Echo. But what defines a circling category? Category Alpha is any aircraft, so it could be helicopter or airplane or dirigible, that is at a speed of less than 91 knots during the circling maneuver. This is not your final approach speed, this is the speed that you're using for the circle. 
So if you're going to uh, approach and circle at a speed of less than 91 knots, you are in category alpha and you have 1.3 nautical miles radii to circle within. And now we have to understand where that radii is measured from. The radius is measured from the ends of all the runways. So if you have one runway, it kind of looks, you go 1.3 off of each end of the runway, and that makes an arc, and then you connect the ends of the arc, and that should put you about 1.3 miles laterally uh, from the middle of the runway as well. But the 1.3 nautical miles, the circling radii, is not determined by the middle of the airport. And that's something I see on a lot of exams that students don't understand. If you have crossing runways, you take 1.3 miles off of each end of the runway, you make an arc, and then those arcs are going to be joined by what's called tangential lines. And you can look this up in the AIM and how it worked, but the tangential lines go between the arcs and defines your circling area for that entire airport. And so this is something that you need to kind of draw out and mentally prepare yourself for to use while you're circling and understand what your circling category gives you at 91 knots. So if you are now going to circle at a speed of more than 91 knots, but less than 121, you're now a category B aircraft. Okay, so your, whatever your final approach speed is, you're going to use that final approach speed to go into your circling maneuver. And we're going to talk about how to determine that speed. And then when you get to final approach and you're on a stabilized final approach, you're going to slow to your final approach airspeed or your VREF airspeed and land the airplane. So if you're 91 to 121, you should be circling at category B. Now, you can always circle to a higher category if you want. So a category A airplane can circle at category B, C, D, or E minimums and the corresponding increase in circling radius that that allows as long as the weather is there supported. So you can always go up in category. You cannot come down in category. So if you are a category B airplane for circling, you cannot circle at category A minimums for obvious reasons. Your speed's too high. Your turn circle or your turn arc is going to be too wide and you're not going to be able to maintain the circling radii for that specific MDA. So let's talk about what the MDA, what circling MDA gives you for obstacle clearance. The circling MDA gives you 300 feet above the highest obstacle in the circling radius. That's all it gives you, 300 feet. So if you start descending below MDA, you are encroaching within 300 feet of the highest obstacle in that circling area. The MDA is an at or above altitude. Now there's a lot of discussion that on an exam, you have to hold your circling MDA in minus zero feet plus 100 feet, which is true for the exam. You can also pick an altitude above the MDA, even on your exam, that you must hold minus zero plus 100. But this comes more into practical purposes when you break out and let's say your MDA is 700 feet, but the ceiling is 1,000 feet and you have 300 feet to play with, so you're 700 feet AGL above the ground for your MDA and you're 1,000 feet AGL above the ground for your clouds, you have 300 feet there that you can operate within safely as long as you remain above the MDA. And why is that important? Well, that's important because 
the more that we make a circling maneuver look exactly like a VFR pattern, the safer and the more stabilized that circling event is going to be. Yes, when we break out of the weather, we are basically accomplishing a VFR pattern at an altitude that is not the standard traffic pattern. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more down the road as well. Circling procedures and techniques come out of the AIM and also out of the Instrument Flying Handbook. And so you'll want to look at those. There's many ways to circle, but in the Instrument Flying Handbook, they provide two patterns that you can practice uh, with regards to your circling. One is basically you're flying straight into a runway and you have to circle to the opposite end. What they want you to do is when you break out, they want you to turn 45 degrees to the left. They want you to time for 45 seconds. That's going to give you a predetermined offset based on your speed and geometry. And it's going to line you up, put you a beam, your approximate touchdown point, And then you'll enter your 180 degree turn back towards the landing runway. Normally, my technique, the way I fulfill a safe position to land with regards to the FARs, is once I'm halfway through the turn and I can see the Pappy or the Vassy lights, that is when, and I can determine whether I'm high or low or on glide path, that is when I will begin my descent and only when I will begin my descent once I have visual confirmation of that I am on a normal glide path. And if I don't have the Vassy or the Pappy, I'm going to hold my altitude all the way until I roll out on final. And when I roll out on final, I'm going to choose my aim point, choose my touchdown point, adjust my pitch and power as required to lower myself down to the runway. And if I can't do that safely, I'm going to uh, accomplish a missed approach procedure, which we'll talk about in a little bit, or potentially a, just a go around and continue the circling maneuver and re-enter the downwind and try again. I know there'll be some consternation over that because we're on an IFR flight plan and we have an IFR clearance, but you have to look at the rules for class E and class G airspace as well and the weather requirements to determine whether you're VFR or not for those airspaces because normally the circling minima are right on the edge of class E and G airspace which could put you into a I was IFR and IMC and now I am VFR but I have no way to cancel my IFR uh, flight plan so now you're kind of caught in this, I got to squawk 1200 and I'm just going to stay in this VFR bubble to land the airplane. So there's, there's some, there'll be some consternation discussion there and that's okay. Um, you're going to have to make the best judgment. But just remember if for some reason you, you ever decide to go missed approach out of a circling approach, the first thing you want to do is make sure you remain within the circling radii because you only have 300 foot obstacle clearance at that MDA. And what I do, what I teach is if you decide to go misapproach at any time during the circle, max power, you know, reconfigure the airplane as required, establish a climb, and turn towards the middle of the airfield. So if the runway is off to your left, start a turn to the left so that you know that you're going to stay within the circling radii until you get that climb established, until you have positive VVI or VSI. And now you're climbing, and then once you're climbing and you know you're turning towards the center of the airport, remaining in within that, that circling radii, then you can turn to intercept the missed approach procedure for the approach that you just shot, okay, that you just accomplished. So the circling patterns, what else 
what other guidance do we have for circling pattern? Well, there's another pattern in the instrument flying handbook that basically says when you approach the airport and you break out to continue at MDA, continue straight up the runway or straight over the airport for the runway that you shot the approach to, or if it's a true circling approach like a VR alpha, continue over top of the airport, establish yourself over top of the airport, and then make a left or a right turn to enter what would be the normal traffic pattern flow for that airport at your circling MDA. So you're going to come upwind over the airport and then make a left or a right turn to the crosswind, downwind, base, and final like you normally would for a VFR pattern, except you're just doing it a little lower. Again, we're trying to make this like something that is familiar to us, not something that, that Chuck Yeager would have to fly, something that is familiar to us. We've talked about our speeds, we've talked about the circling minima and what obstacle clearance it gives us, and we've talked about two ways that the instrument flying handbook gives us to circle. When it comes to circling, you can kind of do it however you want, and we'll talk about a few more uh, techniques here, but AC9066B, which is the advisory circular for non-towered airfield operations, basically says that when you are conducting an IFR flight or conducting an instrument approach, that you need to follow the flow of traffic when you circle and that you do not have priority over VFR traffic if they happen to be established in the traffic pattern. So here we have the FAA saying that when we circle, it should be traffic pattern-like, which means to me, same power settings, same airspeeds, same configurations that we would use in a traffic pattern, although slightly lower to the ground and with a little bit more constraints with regards to how far away from the airport we can be. When can you descend from the MDA? Well, you can descend from the MDA at any time that you're in a safe position to land. And we already discussed that I, as a technique, look for the pappies or the vassies about halfway through the turn to final to make sure that I am in a proper position to land before I start a descent. But what about descending to the MDA from the final approach fixed altitude? Because remember, if we want to circle, we want to be down at the MDA within the circling radii. So in my brain, I'm going to calculate a descent rate to get down to the circling MDA prior to the circling radii distance. And in this, we're using a Category A aircraft, so I want to be down to MDA prior to 1.3 nautical miles from the end of the runway. So I have to calculate a descent rate, a VVI, to do that. And you can go through the math and do that, but I'll be honest with you, uh, I've done it so many times, I know that it's about 800 feet per minute. Now, I see a lot of people who fly non-precision approaches, and they fly 500 feet per minute, 300 feet per minute, almost kind of like they're on a precision approach. The FAA and the AIM says you should never exceed 1,000 feet per minute on a descent on an instrument approach. Basically, they build the instrument approaches so that you should never need more than 400 feet per nautical mile descent. And that equates to about 800 to 1,000 feet VVI, VSI with your aircraft, with most normal aircraft in the general aviation spectrum. So I plan about 800 foot per minute descent. I know my pitch and power settings to make that happen at my landing configuration for the different airplanes that I have. And so when I hit the final approach fix, I set my power, I set my pitch, and I look for that 800 feet per minute. So I know that when I get down to the MDA, 
I'm going to be 1.3 miles from the airfield and I can immediately adjust my eyes to that and go, okay, that's what 1.3 from the runway looks like. And I know I'm at my MDA, I'm stabilized, and now I can safely begin to circle because I'm inside my circling radius. So you can see there's a lot of planning that goes into a circling approach. It's not just something you can do ad hoc. It's not a pickup game of basketball that you want to try and do. Circling out of an ILS. Now there's a lot of discussion about this. I'm not here to say whether you can or cannot circle out of an ILS, but what I will tell you is I've done the math multiple times for multiple approaches across the country. And if you follow the glide slope down and intend to circle, you may intercept, I will tell you, you will intercept your circling MDA prior to being inside your circling radius. So what ends up happening is you come down the glide slope, which is totally legal, follow the glide slope, you're following the localizer, you come down to your circling MDA, and what most people don't realize is that you're gonna to have to drive in on the localizer at your circling MDA, and your glide slope is gonna go uncentered, and you're gonna to have to do that depending on how it works out. Um, the geometry works out, depending on what category you are. You may have to do it for a tenth of a mile. You may have to do it for three tenths of a mile because you're not inside your circling radii yet. Be careful when you say, okay, I'm going to follow the ILS down and I'm going to hit my circling minimums and then I'm going to immediately circle. Can't do that. You're going to follow the glide slope down so you hit your circling minimums and then you're going to need to drive in and ensure that you're within your circling radii for your category prior to circling. Many times I have used the overflight of the airfield first before making any turns to establish myself well within the middle of the circling radii and then uh, making that rectangular course uh, to final approach and then slowing. How do you know what airspeed to circle at? Most AFMs or POHs should have a circling airspeed embedded in them if the airplane is IFR capable and is planned, or the majority of the time it's used is gonna be planned for IFR flying. Now you get some older airplanes or maybe some airplanes that were once VFR, but now they have IFR capability. Maybe their POHs aren't you know, from the 2000s, maybe they're from 1950 or 60 and they don't have a recommended speed for circling. So what I would recommend is take your final approach airspeed and let's just say your final approach airspeed is 100 knots. Add 30% to that for protection. So you're gonna circle at 130 knots. Now that sounds like a lot, but that's how you can ensure you are gonna be safe while circling, and then once you begin your descent, you gotta get that power back and you gotta have that airplane properly configured so that you can slow the airplane down to 100 knots as you are on short final crossing the threshold. Now, if you know what your power settings are and your airspeeds are for a normal VFR pattern, I know that like in a Piper Cherokee or Piper Archer, you know, you might fly 90 knots on downwind, you might fly 80 knots on base, and you'll fly 65 to 70 on a final approach. Well, just use those speeds. Just use 90 knots as your circling speed, and you're still category alpha. But just remember, if you go two knots faster, you're now category bravo. When we look at the approach plate and we look at the circling mins, we're going to see there's a little black square that's going to have a white C in it. 
And we have to understand what that means. That means the FAA has taken into consideration because of the altitude of the MDA, the circling MDA, the altitude of the airport, they're going to have expanded circling minimums because you're even though your indicated airspeed may be category Bravo, your true airspeed is going to increase with altitude, which means your turn circles and your turn radiuses are going to be uh, larger. And so the FAA is going to give you more room. So there's two places to look for the inverted C. That's what I call it. I call it the inverted C. Uh, the FAA, I believe, calls it the negative C. And you can go to the AIM to find your expanded circling radii. Or you can go to the front pages of your Instrument Approach Procedures book where it has all the uh, legends for all the things that you can find on an Instrument Approach plate. And you can look up for it there. So it's either in, in your Instrument Approach book or it's in the AIM. And you can look that up. And you're going to find out that for category A, you don't have expanded circling minimums until you get to something like seven. your MDA is at 7,000 feet. Now for B, C, D, E it starts changing a little bit lower and you're gonna to have to look for each one of those. Okay, so let's define what circling is not. Circling is not canceling IFR and preceding VFR. If there is one thing that you take away from this podcast today, just because you cancel IFR does not mean the obstacles disappear. We are responsible for obstacle clearance, whether we are IFR or VFR. And if you're an instrument rated pilot departing somewhere VFR and your habit pattern isn't to find and follow the ODP or the departure procedure for that airport and to determine where your obstacles are, you're missing a big chunk of your investment that you made into your instrument rating. If you're a private pilot without an instrument rating or a commercial pilot without an instrument rating, I would snag a CFII and ask them how to read departure procedures and obstacle departure procedures for IFR operations and help you understand the obstacles and the threats that are around the airport environment as a VFR pilot. Because again, just because you're VFR, just because you're seeing a void, doesn't take away the responsibility to know that your aircraft can outperform the required climb gradients to miss obstacles. So back to our opening scenario, you're in, you're in route to your destination. It's IMC. You got three passengers aboard. The ATIS are saying it's 700 overcast, two statue miles of visibility. The NOTAMs identify that you have to circle. You've determined that your instrument approach category is alpha. You got 801. And now, as you're proceeding to that airport, you can really think through how you are going to prevent yourself from getting in trouble on that circle, remaining in a stabilized aerodynamic event throughout your whole pattern that should be akin to a VFR pattern in some way, shape, or form. Same speed, same pitch attitude, same configurations. Remove the dangerous out of the circling maneuver. Where does the dangerous from the circling maneuver come from? Well, people who don't have a plan on how to circle end up in one of those Hayaka maneuvers. I call it a fighter pilot maneuver. They're tight to the runway. They have to make a high banking descending turn. They're putting load factor on the aircraft. They're slowing at the same time that they're increasing bank angle as they're increasing load factor. And they're setting themselves up for either an accelerated stall or a turning stall. They are different. 
An accelerated stall requires load factor, a turning stall requires too much bank angle, or a combination of the two. And now they're trying to make it to final and maybe they push that extra rudder in and put the aircraft into a skid, high bank angle, slow speed, lots of load factor, slip a skidding turn, and now you're into a stall spin scenario. So avoid that, plan ahead, Plan your ground track before you get there. Plan using a sectional chart. Plan using the instrument approach plate. Plan using a satellite photo to pick up ground references of points, the ground reference points that you want to fly over to make it to the final safely and land the airplane. Again, I'm Pete Redden, and that's another episode of The Way I Taught It. Thank you for finding this podcast worthy of inclusion in your study of aviation. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If I'm not worthy of a five-star review, please leave feedback on how I can improve the five stars and your associated less than five-star review. Until next time, fly safe, fly smart. That's the way I taught it. Episode references, Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge, AC90-66B, Instrument Flying Handbook, FAR Part 91, Instrument Procedures Handbook, The AIM, the Airman's Information, the Aeronautical Information Manual, the Aeronautical Information Manual, and Personal Experience.